Welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. Ah, uh, <sighs> well, uh, hey everybody. Hey guys, we're back Welcome from back. our extended holiday break. I hope that everyone, uh, all of our American listeners, mm. uh, enjoyed your American Thanksgiving. Yeah. Had a good time. Hopefully things didn't get too awkwardly political. Hopefully not. That'd be a damn Hopefully shame. not. But here we are. Here we are. Friends... We got some news, you know, in mm-hmm. celebrating our one year of uh, of podcasting glory. We, uh, cheers, cheers, cheers to that. We uh, we decided w- it, things were ready for a little bit of a change, and uh, as Mister William Joel would say, we're, we're moving out, and we just uh, <laughs> yeah shipped off the whole shop to our new location. Welcome to Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop, Bermuda Triangle. That's right. We have moved away from the the cold north of the United States and gone to a place where many people warned us away from. But we figured, hey, that many people try it. They telling us no. They must be hiding something. And boy, oh, were they it, were they right? Oh, the the amount of just like multi dimensional like nexus that is meeting here. In this beautiful tropical environment, there is so much untapped entropy that we can run through our converters and open up all these different gateways to the stars. Also, the sun the the sun helps. The An excellent nice. view. Mm. Uh, I'm drinking a drink out of half of a coconut. I'm drinking one out of a plastic mason jar. Ooh, nice. <laughs> And is that a is that a curly straw I see? It is. It is a curly straw you see. Hell yeah. It's a crazy straw. <laughs> hey, thanks, bro. Anyway, folks. We have in our new location, don't worry. You can access our, our shop and our storefronts just through the regular old portals that you would have. Uh, though we are no longer a part of the Bemidji skyline, you can only expect greater things from us now that we have this new new and improved one-year-old pet shop. Here it is. Now, we're going to jump right in, my friends. Yeah, I think so. This week's creatures, yeah. I think so. I think... Griffin, I think so. I think so. I think it's time? I think it's time. It has been about a month since we've done this. It would be a month exactly. But I think it's time. I think that's time. Let's jump right in, my friends. First day we, we, we showed up here in the Bermuda Triangle, the Trig, as we like to call it. The Trig. I don't know. The Trig. The B Trig. Yes. We we discovered oh th- these guys are glorious. It's called a Goralon. A Goralin? A Giralin. I don't know. Probably not Giralin, because that that invokes giraffe in my mind. I mean that's fair. Anyway. A Just- gr- a Goralin? Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's where the joke <laughs> led me. I'm sorry. A space Goralin. Here we go. I think they Goralin. Yeah. As described in Oval's Book of Friends, a oversized four-armed ape with gray skin and white fur. Nice. Its fangs and claws set it apart from a normal ape, revealing it to be a monstrous predator. Let's dive into that a little more, so shall it's, we? So it's just a big ape. A, a big, four-armed, albino, fanged and clawed killing machine. Maybe I wasn't listening entirely because I was trying to find my page again, but I think you left out the forearms part initially. <laughs> An oversized, four-armed ape. Okay, I just wasn't yeah. listening then. I'm a bad co-host. <laughs> yeah, they've got... It, 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 yeah, they're, they're sort of... It, it's weird, because it kind of... The, the, the image in ovals sort of sees them jutting out more of, like, the rib area. So, oh. like, they're not, like, under the other ones. They're sort of not set like on the machamp. front. Yeah, not like Machamp. More like like second boob arms. <laughs> like, 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 just below <laughs> the pectorals. It's kind of weird. Second Boob Arms is Medley's third favorite band. The second Boob Arms. There we go. They are forest hunters. It says that Goralins are most common in temperate and warm climates like the Trig. A. A. Yes. Or warm forest environments abundant with life. They share the apes' adeptness at climbing. Although these half-ton creatures oh my shy away from scaling trees. Yes, half-ton. Holy shit. Sh- Shy away from scaling trees that can't support their bulk. They're smart. They know what they they can and can't support them, which is good. I, oh, I just man. make a quick aside. I, I just spent the past week around children for most of my days, and I just realized I can swear freely again. And swear it's very, openly with me. It's very liberating. Holy fuck! Yes. Uh, oh, I did have to. Them all I did have to chastise a kid for saying the word asshole, though. So Whoa. yeah, they said it like was with one. no with no qualms either right by me. Yeah, and I was just yeah, like, no, there "Whoa, was, hey!" There, when I was um, technical director for a high school, I was still in Minnesota. Yeah, there was a day where I, um, like you know, a couple of the the teens that I was working with, you know, because teens, classic teens, um, ha- had said like "what the hell" or something, mm-hmm. and I walked up and I was like, "What'd you just say?" And she's like, <laughs> "Um," and I was like, "Hey." <laughs> Dope cuss. Away. <laughs> Dope cuss. Dope cuss. And she was really confused. That's how you make them very... feel just the most uncool about swearing. Oh, yeah, definitely. When you call anyway. it a dope cuss. Anyway. <laughs> yes. These guys, they instead like choose to, for the most part, stock uh, along on the forest floor, lurking in narrow ravines or shallow caves. Uh, and hide in ruined sites while waiting for prey to come near. So they're, mm. they're opportunity hunters, it yeah. seems. Lay a trap, spring the trap. It says that they're surprisingly stealthy considering its size and lack of camouflage. It is bright white. Yeah. So, like, that's impressive. It says they, they form loose bands of several individuals. Rad. Huh? Rad. I thought you said dad, and I was no. very confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of loose individuals. Dad? <laughs> my dad an- formed in a band of loose individuals my dad fo- walked in a, a band of loose individuals whoa are we brothers whoa I mean blood brothers we did make that pact dad 
Yes, it does that. And their offspring, and they're usually led by a dominant adult that also tends to be the oldest member of the group. Okay. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Yes, uh, da, 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 da. They kind of um, communicate through roars and body language, it sees. Um, to, oh, over distance, too, which is very Ooh. cool. So they have some level of communication, some language. Um. They typically hunt alone, but widely and widely separate from the others. Um, so they, they fan out, mm-hmm. to see what they can find, and then recongregate. It seems. regroup at the home yes. base. But it does say that the leader might organize members to work together to make a big kill. So if like Ooh, you know someone God. comes upon like the like you know the, the big one that's like hey let's let's gather up an Ocean's Eleven with gorillons. Yeah. for form ranks. But here. you're killing a dinosaur. <laughs> Oh, well, that's nice. And it says that if they exceed, every uh, everyone in the group shares the spoils, with the best parts going to the mothers caring for their young. Dude. That's pretty sweet. Fucking gorillons. <laughs> gorillons. They're, they're super civilized, honestly. Gorillons take better care of their uh, their pregnant women than the American healthcare system does. Well, they take care better care of everyone, but yes, more specifically, <laughs> the mothers, uh, uh, yes, than the Americans. Just... Can we just study I'm really glad we got out of America, Zach. Yeah, no, me too. That place is a fucking hellhole. It says, uh, the ruins of humanoid habitations, especially those found in deep forests and jungles, seem to attract gorillons. They move effortlessly along stairs and balconies as well as on the sloped rooftops and buttresses. That's a fun (laughs) word. Uh, of such formations. (laughs) To a gorilla on the city's buildings are just another sort of forest, and better yet, one whose uppermost branches can easily support the creatures, which is very fair. Yeah. Because they are half a ton. Yeah. Dude, Grillons are rad, actually. They're really cool. Earlier earlier when you were talking about the trees not being able to support them very well, I pictured... I was trying to picture Grillons in, like, the Sequoia Redwoods. Oh, yeah. Because Dem's no some big-ass trees. Some big trees. I feel like they would just have a lot of fun there. They'd be like... <gasps> trees that i can go. that that won't break under my weight ah, and just go wild sidebar here yeah oh man i feel like i'd want to take up like if i were to get a gorillon 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 this is g-i-r-a-l-l-o-n folks at home gorillon uh yeah you can find it on page 152, 152. of the uh, of ovals and uh yeah they're pretty cool uh i would want to take up maybe like wilding make like well, like, you know, make, like, Welding? metal. Like, metal structures. Oh. Like, a metal tree. Okay. Take up welding, and then I can, like, craft things. I thought you were suggesting the Goralon take up welding. <laughs> no, like, me, <laughs> if I were to take a Goralon home with me. I was confused. I would want to be able to, like, make my Goralon just, like, the coolest shit. Yeah, just make it a jungle gym. A, a big-ass, awesome jungle gym. With, like, slides and shit. Yeah. And, like, oh, man, it'd be so rad. Just go to the one of those, like, adult playgrounds. Um, or, yeah, like oh, yeah, a, or, like, a gymnastics studio. Like a trampoline park? Yeah, like a trampoline park. I don't know if the trampolines would support their weight, though. Mm. They are half a ton. We'll need some... We'll need to... Okay. So, we'll have to make some, some, real, some real sturdy We'll need some military-strength trampolines. Military grade trampolines. Um, we will need hanging uh, steel structures, like a bunch of I beams over a WWE st- stadium. Um, yeah, we'll need some buttresses. Naturally, a buttress, nice. 
uh, several buttresses. And I'm here for it. I'm just going out on a limb here, no pun intended. Bananas. But no, no, no. Well, let's read forward and see if they... If, yeah. You know, well, it, it says they're hunters, so I would assume they are carnivorous. Okay. Yes. Their fangs and claws are, are made... Are, these fangs are made for hunting. <laughs> That's just what they'll do. Uh, anyway. Uh, then, yeah, it says that they uh, are, are presumed to have some sort of magical origin. It I says that, that the social habits of wild growlins uh, are unusual from apes, as is their instinctive attraction to humanoid structures. These facts, together with the growlins' appearance, lead sages to believe that growlins were created through magic to serve as guardians for some lost empire. When that empire fell ages ago, growlins turned feral and spread out across the world. In that time since, numerous creatures have tried to tame, subjugate, or cooperate with the monsters. Oh, they'll call them monsters. They're nice Aww. people. For instance, Yanti and slave grounds. No! Whoa! Turning them into border sentinels for their serpent kingdoms. Hold the fuck up, Yanti. Yeah, right? Freaking Yanti. Why you gotta be jerks all the time? God. Man. God. Shit. Beans. It says that growlins that are well treated might be willing to serve as guards, though they lack the intelligence to take to take on tasks more complicated than attacking strangers that mm-hmm. enter their domain. If one is taken young and properly trained, a growlin could end up uh, in a seemingly unlikely place, such as uh, guarding the entrance to a city's thieves' guild. Those who would keep oh. a growlin as a pet must always be wary because the creature could revert to its predatory nature at any time. Yeah, that sounds about Which right. Which is a very, pe- good, very uh, pertinent piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Is always use a lot of care when, when it's speaking. It's all about love. When, when it's all about love. You give them the love. And, yeah. and hopefully they don't eat you. Um, but yeah, grounds are sick. I actually really, I, like like, I didn't know much about them outside of them just being four-armed apes, basically. Yeah. But like, you know, there's a lot of cool depth to the these, social these structure. Tools. Yeah. Well, well, that's what's great about this show. Like, you know, like uh, the grounds were like surprised me the most. Like the, f- the last one that like got me that much was hook horrors, surprisingly. Yeah. Like, hook horrors have a very cool sort the whole, of whole, like, auditory language that they have. With well, the... auditory language, I think they're ruled through, like, a matriarchy, like... Mm-hmm. There's, like, like, a society God. to them. Yeah, no, it's, fan- it's super cool. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Goralans are cool. They're big. They're strong. They're agile. They're s- agile. Agile. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but, yeah, no, very, very cool. Definitely um, want lots of space for them to move. Strong structures, folks. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you live in, a, in an abandoned civilization of some sort. Mm-hmm. You have picked a nice little place for yourself for you know the, them to move and grow and live, be themselves. They make, you know, decent assistance and uh, bodyguard type critters as long as you take care of them in turn. Yes, they they the are works. fine being on their own, but mm-hmm. also tend to flourish in a group situation. So you could have one, you could have multiple. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think uh, Garland would be a really cool, uh, really cool pet. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Garland's, my friends. Go check them out in Novel's Guide and uh, let us know if you're interested. Yeah, and we've got them in our uh, new location here our in the B Trig. Oh, your good old B Trig. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm here for Let's it. Let's keep scooting. Moving forward, uh, we have a nice, just uh, you know, random collection today of uh, uh, some catalog choices for you, and uh, one that we've been sitting on for a little while. We've gone through a lot of different elementals in our day, Zach. 
Um, we have. From the standard elementals to the elemental myrmidons to mm-hmm. water weirds to galeb doers. But we are pivoting to another different type of elemental. Uh, creatures native to the elemental plane of Earth. Uh, we're talking about Zorns. X-O-R-N Zorn. The Zorn. A singular Zorn and probably, well, yeah, Zorns. Okay. Um, That sounds right. Zorns have a a strange number of limbs. (laughs) Let's just start with that. Um, Yes. Similar to the good old Otiugs, they've got like three legs. They're kind of like a, they kind of stand like a tripod. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also have three arms that kind of peel off in the um, in the the space between the leg limbs, mm-hmm. and they don't really have a head per se. Just at the top of their torso is a big mouth, mm-hmm. and underneath that big mouth, kind of at the corners of the big mouth, there's an eye. A singular eye. Yeah. Well, presumably there's an eye on the other side. The other on the other side. Well, there's there's an arm there though. You know what? That's fair. So it, yeah, it kind of looks like it's eye. doing the YMCA like at all times. <laughs> <laughs> it's really into the, the village people. Shit. <laughs> oh. uh, Zorns have the uh, their their sort of trademark ability is the ability to uh, sniff out and sense treasure. Uh, it says that okay. Zorns can pinpoint by scent, which is strange, because I don't see a nose on this ding-dang thing. But I mean, they maybe can... it's like a like a snake, you know, through, through like a its gaping I maw there. I don't see a tongue in there either, though. I mean, I just said through its gaping maw. What if it smells through its eye? Uh, uh, that'd be weird. I sent... Um, they can pinpoint by scent the location of precious metals and stones, such as coins and gems, in a pretty modest area around them. They sniff out these precious metals and such, and then they tunnel through the earth and rock to consume those treasures. So, similar to... Well, didn't we talk about something that ate... I'm thinking of, like, rust monsters or something. Yeah, I mean, rust monsters, yeah, would sort of break down earth, but also eat metal and stuff. Yeah. So I think it's kind of similar to that, but they kind of like gold dragons, really just like to eat gold and gems. Mm-hmm. On the material plane, Zorns must range far and wide through the Underdark to sustain themselves, becoming aggressive toward miners and treasure hunters when uh, their valuable minerals are scarce for their diets. Zorn's unnatural origins are suggested by their heavy body and large, powerful mouth sitting atop its torso head. Uh, its three long arms are each tipped with sharp talons and three large... Oh, wait. Oh, interesting. By the picture, we can't tell in the in the owner's manual, but yeah. it does say in the text it has three large stone-lidded eyes that let it see in all directions. Oh. So maybe yeah. in the space kind of in between each arm, there is an eye. There you go. In this sort That's of possible. weird symmetry that this creature has. They are possessed by the power of elemental earth, so they can glide through stone and dirt as easily as fish swim through water. They do not, Yeah, they do not displace the earth or stone when they move, but merge with it and flow through it, leaving behind no tunnel, hole, or hint of its passage. That's crazy. Yeah. 
They do not prefer to leave their home planes, where they can easily eat their fill of gemstones and precious metals. When they wind up on the material plane, it is usually by accident or from curiosity, as they seek sustenance and a way home. Now, Zorn, um, um, I, I scrolled over to you know to check out the their uh, entry in the mm-hmm. book here. I thought they were small. They're not small. They're not small. They're us sized. Uh, I thought they were like a, a little dude that's like and like no. just like digs real quick. No, it's pretty big. They're they're human sized, humanoid sized. So. Oh boy. Yeah. They're, it looks like a walking sarlacc pit. <laughs> the other entry in the owner's manual refers to them as both beggars and thieves. Uh, as we know, they scour the depths for the earth for precious metals and stones. Because they are unable to consume organic material, however, they ignore most other creatures. A Zoran's ability to sniff out metals and stones, however, often draws its attention to adventurers carrying coins and gems. Because Zorans are not evil, typically, they're classified as neutral in the book, mm-hmm. they plead or bargain in the hope of convincing owners to give up their treasures, offering up information they have learned from its travels in exchange. Zorns whose requests are ignored might resort to threats or, uh, or bullying, and if starved or angered, they resort to force. Okay. So they're not inherently going to beat you up and take your lunch money, but they might try to convince you that, hey, I saw where the band kids put their weed in the band room, and if you <laughs> give me your lunch money, I'll show you where it is. <laughs> That's very good. I like that a lot. <laughs> So this would probably be a good one, uh, a good uh, companion for like a treasure hunter. Oh, for sure. Or, um, yeah, most deaf. You will, um, you will have to give them some. Yeah, be ready to share what you find. I do really like the note that is written in in the the entry here that says, "Keep a few gems in your pocket. A hungry Zorn is a helpful Zorn." Oh, nice. <laughs> I did not see that. My pen was covering up that page. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's, there you go. Yeah, you, you hang a couple, you've got yourself a, a, a moving, almost presumably gurgling metal detector. They speak, they speak Terran, they speak the primordial Earth language. Okay. Um, as, as befitting of someone from the elemental plane of Earth. But yeah, there's, um, I can't imagine it's a pleasant sound. It just sounds like, it just sounds like a, a rock slide. <laughs> Oh man, just two <laughs> just two rocks grating together. <laughs> it just sounds like it's literally just foley of someone walking on gravel. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, Zorns outside of their sort of treasure hunter ability, there's they're 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 kinda one track mind creatures, it would seem, largely because that track is how they sustain themselves. So if if you are someone that lives, you know, in perhaps a more mountainous region, um, if you live in a jewelry shop, <laughs> if you live in a bank that yeah. just has a lot of gold coins sitting around, be careful. Is mm. I think think the point? Yes, because yeah. your livelihood could very quickly be devoured. Yeah, yeah. You you know what Zorn's least favorite candy is though? 
What? Those fucking chocolate coins, because you throw it at the Zor, and it's like, yeah! But then it's like, Oh, I was hey. going to say, I was going to say rock candy. Oh, uh, that's, that's pretty fucking good, too. That's, that's also good. <laughs> See, I feel like they might I'm, be able to appreciate rock candy, though, to, that's to fair. a degree. Because, like, now, I wouldn't describe rock candy as organic material. I mean, it's sugar. I guess. That's but just it's also like, like, man, I don't know. Rock candy's cool. Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time I've had rock candy. Yo. It's always on the, one of those weird wood sticks they put the little ball in the yeah. bottom. I never know why they put it, that just, on there. It's just a style thing, I guess. Apparently. It's an aesthetic. Anyway. I would always get rock candy. No, we're talking about this for the next, like, ten minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think I would always get rock candy on my way out of, like, a Cracker Barrel. Yo, I feel it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I have a, <laughs> a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I would always go to a Crackle Barrel, um, and they would have, like, the little, like, um, pop gun thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the little wooden tube that has the cork on the end. Yeah. And be that annoying kid that just sits there and goes... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, my God, this child. And my mom would yell at me. Um, and then when she would look away, I would promptly start up again. Nice. Because <laughs> I'm that child. <laughs> You're still that child. I'm still that child. Uh, but yeah, Zorns, I feel like outside of their their abilities to sniff out treasure, um, they're not particularly smart or charismatic, but they're, they don't have a deficiency in those areas, I suppose. Yeah. But they're pretty sturdy. Um, they're yeah. very durable. I could see, like, I don't know, if you could convince them... To to help out in exchange for... I can see them being really good at, like, excavators, right? Mm-hmm. Like... See, I was going to say, I want to see, like, a Zorn, like, scavenger hunt championship. Ooh. That's Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool things are hidden all over the place. And it's like, let them do the thing. You know, they show up and they're like... All their their hands have like sweatbands on. <laughs> yeah, you, you know you can we can maybe lend that you know for, add that space out for like sponsorships. Ooh yeah, a sponsorship uh, wristbands, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but also on the feet because why not? Because they look similar enough. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, now they take off and they whoosh, and they find stuff. I don't know how you would like spectate that since they're just sort of flying through the earth, but like stick a, a GoPro on them. <laughs> Would the GoPro uh, now? Here's my question: would, would they be not. able? To, I don't know. Would, would it hold up? Who knows? But it would need to be a very, magic earthen GoPro. I mean, like, we, yeah, we know some some pretty interesting arcanists. This and is true. They could probably whip something like that up yeah. for us. We do have Jefferson uh, upstairs. Oh, Jefferson! Yeah, yeah, we get some weird arcane GoPro. My last random idea or 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 thought: looking at a Zorn, and this is not related to anything we have discussed. Up till now. Okay. I bet Zorns do great cartwheels. Yo, for real though. Like, <laughs> do you ever have... This is going to be a, um, a shot in the dark. Do you ever have a toy when you're a kid? I had this weird toy. It was a, like a little basketball thing. And it had like a bunch of like sneakers uh, like, going around it in a ring. And so you'd roll it. And like no. the sneakers like were like... It would like run on them. No. That's no. Oh, just me. Okay. Well, if anyone else had a tour like that, let me know on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it reminds me of that. They just need to 
put their limbs out and like roll just and go. they're fine. Maybe and that's how they earth glide. Maybe that's how they earth glide. <laughs> just shoot do doo flip it, flip it, flip it, flip. Yeah. In earth cartwheels. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Um but yeah, I think that wraps up Zorns. They're uh kind of a one trick pony, a one trick Zorny. Um but yeah, that was that wasn't great. Well, that was a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rusty. It's been a while, but oh, uh, that is that is uh, the first half of our uh, return venture. Uh, Here we are. And um, what hasn't changed on the show is that we do ads for products that are completely 100 percent real. They're so and real, you guys. Oh man, what great product! You know that Christmas is coming up. The Christmas holiday yeah. is coming up, and um, yeah, maybe Get yourself you... a product like a, like an Instant Mister. You yeah, know, I'm talking about Instant Mister. I'm talking about Literaline. I'm talking yeah. about yourself. Get yourself a, a a Grumble subscription. Yeah, exactly. And new products definitely to come soon. As soon as we getting get around to coming up with new ideas for products. Yeah, definitely. All right, play that ad. All right, do it. Everybody needs a friend sometimes. Some days that 9 to 5 just drags you down and you need somebody to help pick you back up. Some days you have to go to the store but leaving the house by yourself seems next to impossible. Some days you just need someone to listen. And for some folks, animal or monster companionship just isn't the right fit. If you've ever found yourself in a situation like that, then Instant Mister may be right for you. Instant Mister is a compact, inflatable companion that you can keep in a pocket, purse, or backpack until you need a friend. Just pull the seal on the top of your Instant Mister, and he inflates within seconds into a fully grown, human-sized buddy just for you. Instant Mister follows wherever you go and is durable enough to stand up to water, dirt, and unwanted human contact as you brush by strangers in tight situations. And when you're done, simply say, see you next time, pal. And the magical enchantment safely deflates your instant mister and returns him to a compact size for next time. Need an audience to practice speaking in front of others? Instant mister. Walking home late at night and want someone to help keep you safe? Instant mister. Tired of sleeping alone? Instant Mister. Instant Mister comes in many design options such as businessman, skater punk, frat guy, single father, guy with acoustic guitar who only knows one song, doctor, woodsman, beer snob, underachiever, and more. Also, check out our celebrity options. You can style your Instant Mister after famous misters such as Ryan Reynolds, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Samuel L. Jackson, Matthew Mercer, Andre 3000, Stephen Hawking, John F. Kennedy, and more. Call 1-800-PET-SHOP to order your Instant Mister today. Or you can order online at PetShopCast.com and use the promo code LONELY to get 15% off your order. Instant Mister. You've got a friend whenever. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Good products what a, what a all product. around. Product oh, and man. or service. Fantastic. Definitely. So, my friends, we're going to dive right back in. This one... Whoa, uh, if so you're, fast? Yeah, I mean, yeah. All right. Uh, what? <laughs> Do you have something you want? No. No, go ahead. No, I didn't. I was just being a jerk. Griffin, look, you can tell me anything. I know, bud. Um... Well, since you brought it up, I'm really happy that we moved together. I'm so happy, my man. I'm happy. I'm so... This was a good... I was initially a little resistant to it, because I thought, like, isn't being in the Bermuda Triangle going to scare more people away? 
but because like yeah, I mean, but then again, it's like Bemidji, like that sort of scares the same amount of people away. Yeah, when you think about it, really. Um, yeah, but yeah. it's nice, you know, our hammocks hang right next to each other's. Mm-hmm. We just like hold hands. Can, can, I was just about to say or, I could reach out and grab your hand if yeah, I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just kind of wait till you're sleeping, hold your hand a little bit. Um, yeah, and that's nice. It helps the helps the sleep paralysis. Thank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of not being able to sleep, sleep paralysis, um, bad dreams. I'm making a bunch of Zach Rob train of thought jumps here. Th- something that reminds me of good old uh, Cthulhu and Eldritch Horror is our next creature here. Fuck. It was, it was a, a leap to get there, but I got there, everybody. You you could have gone with the beach theme, like, because we're in the beach right now. Okay, we're on a beach, and this is kind of a crab thing. <laughs> you happy now, Cold Iron? Here we go. <laughs> if you watch, well, not watch, if you listen to the most recent episode of Another Path, our heroes three combated these lovely creatures. Um... And now we're here to talk about them. Here we go. We got yeah. some chules. Chules featured in episode 63, A Very Big Barrel. Yes. Now, chules are horse-sized eldritch crabs, pretty much. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. All right, well, more, more I think, eldritch. I think, sorry, more eldritch lobsters, I will say. Yeah. I think one of my favorite bits about this show is when we get around to the visual description of the creature, because this is an audio medium, of the one-line, like, elevator pitch that we have to come up with for these fucking creatures. And and this one is a (laughs) horse-sized eldritch lobster. Now... God, it's so good. It it, it supports itself on four... I'm just gonna call them limbs. Legs. (laughs) The, the the hind one looks like you know like legs and the other ones look like arms but then they also have a set of arms um brandishing two you know a, a large set of like crab lobster pinchers yeah pinchers so a total of six limbs and a a, a long lobster like tail cool 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 now their head it, they their head seems to be eyeless no, there's. I, I only interrupt you because I've run shuls before, so I, I remember looking at the book. There's two very tiny eyes. If you they have two very tiny eyes. Yeah, like what page are we on? Four. Oh, I see them. They're on like they have two like weird like side of the head humps. Yeah, there's two real small eyes there. Yeah, I spy them now. Thank you for pointing that out to me. So they do yeah. have eyes, which honestly makes me a little less unsettled. So that's good. <laughs> Because the eyes are really beady and kind of cute. Well, yeah, that and just them being eyeless freaks me out. But they're not eyeless, so we're good. Um, yes, so uh, the heads, it's got two beady eyes on the sides, sort of. Um, and then what would be a mouth-nose sort of area, they instead yeah. just have this sort of mass of writhing tentacles. Mm-hmm. Very Cthulhu-like. Yeah. Yes, kind of illithidy. Yeah, can I can I say something that you know? Th- this is a political moment, I guess. Sure. Like Cthulhu is like really like a just like a really cool idea, and like I I like it. But like, damn, was H.P. Lovecraft a piece of shit? Oh yeah, Lovecraft's a garbage person. Oh, man. But like, <laughs> like I, I find like Cthulhu like and just like the whole like mythos there so compelling. But also mm-hmm. like, man, H.P. Lovecraft's a piece of shit. 
Yeah. Uh. Anyway, that's okay. Here we there go. are there are there are scores of writers that have taken his work and improved upon it. So. Yeah. We can just turn to them instead. There we go. Now, back to these weird eldritch lobsters, everybody. <laughs> it says, survivors of the ancient Aboleth Empire. Chules are crustaceans. They All are right. crustaceans. That the Aboleths Abil- uh, modified Confirmed. and endowed with sentience. Oh, shit. Yes. So they know Yo. they're there. They follow the ingrained directives of their creators as they have done since the dawn of time. Mm. They're described as primeval relics. In the primeval age, ages, Aboliths ruled a vast empire that spanned the oceans of the world. And in those days, the Aboliths used mighty magic and bent the minds of the oh, was nascent? nascent? Nascent. Nascent creatures of the mortal realm. However, they were bound to the water and could not enforce their will beyond it without servants. Therefore, they created chules to be they sort of like amphibious, fuck shit up no matter where creatures yeah it says that they are perfectly obedient uh obedience they are perfectly obedient to who, their creators i guess mm-hmm. yes yeah. they were designed to endure the ages of the world growing in size and strength as the eons pass so like lobsters mm-hmm. and that they will just keep growing and yeah. growing Horse- and like they- horseshoe crabs and yeah whatnot they, they will just- inherit the earth they just keep growing. <laughs> oh, man. But it says that when the Avalis Empire crumbled with the rise of the gods, the Chules were cast adrift. However, these oh. creatures continued to do what they did for the Avalis, slowly collecting humanoids, gathering treasure, and amassing magic and consolidating power. Hmm. So though their masters are gone, they, they continue on with their yeah. directives. Yeah, Aboleths, to my knowledge, I don't know much, but I think they're they're a big analog for that deep sea mind control like creature in the deep they're, oh, they're definitely. very they are they're uh, very lovecraftian very great old ones esque yeah very psionic mm-hmm. and so on and so forth so uh, they're real creepy the fact that they were able to create chules with such an ingrained sort of um pro- series of protocols that they're still like adhering to them mm-hmm. is pretty indicative of how fucking wild aboliths are for real though it says that they they are waiting servants although the aboliths empire fell long ago the psychic bonds between them and their created servants remain intact chules that hey. come into contact with aboliths immediately assume their old roles such chules wow. redirect their compulsions to the service of the aboliths sinister purposes yeah shit yeah so, uh, any abolists out there who are looking for some chul servants? We've uh, found a couple <laughs> sort of just wandering here, yeah. in the, here in the in the gold uh, B trig, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they're hanging. Alternatively, I, alternatively, um, I do have some folks in um, in the like counseling side of mm-hmm. the the shop working on sort of a chul rehabilitation service and process. Yeah, uh, so that perhaps we can get some chuls cleansed of these these kind of toxic relationships that they were in and get get back to themselves and you can uh come to in um early february we'll be having our adopt a chul um drive yeah it's a nice chul like open house you can come in see the shop playing Mm -hmm. out with the chuls yeah no it's a it's a it's a very lengthy process that includes a lot of abolith musk which honestly is very hard to sort of come by um but hey they're pretty pretty friendly the tentacles are 
I will say a little unsettling at first, but you you warm up to them. You warm up to the the weird tentacle mouth. You warm and up. And soon to it, it becomes like just a big mouth hug. It is like like with a, a thousand tiny mouth arms. Yeah, holding you tight for love. Um, yeah. Yes. So Adelaide. also, there's something, there's something, there's something really endearing about them holding you very gently in one of the giant lobster claws, knowing that if they wanted to, they could break your spine like a twig. But instead, they show restraint and affection yeah. through this. Also, the inside it's very of the, charming. Those claws are very pointy too, so not even just crushing your spine, but impale you horrifically. It's fine though. Oh, it's fine. They're nice. And it's like it's like when a kitty cat kind of like lashes out at you with its hook socks, and you're like, "That hurt," but that's okay. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Ripley decides um to wake me up sometimes by just placing her paw on my face and then slowly um taking her <laughs> claws out and poking me. Holy shit, Ripley! <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I mean, that's that's better than just like repeatedly bapping me in the face. I guess that's fair. She just kind of puts her puss paw like on my cheek, and then I just kind of feel the claws like poke me a, a, a few times, and I'm like, "Hey, Ripley, what's up?" Aw, oh, that kitty, <laughs> that kitty. Yeah, yeah. R- Ripley update, folks. She's doing fine. Anyway, <laughs> so oh. chules are. I wonder if like a chul could work as like a undersea mount. Hmm. They're big. They're crustaceous. They swim, though? I mean, yeah, they're amphibious. Okay. I-, I figured as much. I mean, they've got the big lobster tail. They could probably get that bad boy up moving. Get okay. You, get you cruising. I mean, yeah, they were made by the Abolists to be sort of that... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a strike force? Well, well, not strike force, but a strike force, but also that intermediary between mm. the sea and the, and the land. Gotcha. Um, yes. So, yeah, I, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, you could... I, I, I don't see why not. I don't know if the Chul would be, like, down for I that. I mean, like, if you're but... you know, bro out with the Chul, like... Yeah. You had a nice understanding, you know, was cleansed of its duty to uh, any horrific abolith out there that mm-hmm, may want mm-hmm. it to destroy all of humanity. Like, why not? Take him surfing. Take yeah. him... Ooh! <laughs> chul surfing contest, though. Like, they could hang... Well, it looks like they can only hang eight, really. Um, because I, I know we've done like creatures, aquatic creature surfing competitions before. So instead, I will posit chul water polo. Ooh, what you'd have to get a, a different type of ball though, because I feel like they pop it a lot. Get like um, like well, a big it, medicine ball. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah, oh, I mean that would like use, solid use the, the tentacles. Ooh, yeah. Slurp that ball up and. There will be no word funnier to me in the English language than slorp. Than slorp. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they have a 30-foot uh, swim speed. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, capable in the water, capable on lands, capable for some mad water polo. Mad water polo. <laughs> they even get to wear the, the fun, like, hat. Oh, the weird, like, swim the, cap Yeah, thing. the weird swim cap, like, helmet thing that water yeah. polo people wear. It's got, like, the weird. things to protect their ears. Cause you know water polo is weird. Cause yeah, wa- yeah. I had a while I was lifeguarding. I had to like watch the water polo games. That's mm. like an odd sport. Who decided to take a, a a sport played on horseback and put it in the water and say, "Hey, let's do this in a pool." Yeah, you know what's real weird. I got a chance to like 
because you know how some pools will have like the window underwater. Yeah, I got to like. I went like down and to like the observation sort of deck and like saw mm-hmm. the a water polo game happening from underneath. It's weird, like yeah. just seeing all the legs like tread water and shit, <laughs> and then like they go underwater and they're like trying to rip the ball out of each other's hands. I'm like, y'all are gonna drown. What are you doing? <laughs> You're in like 13 feet of water. This is this is a mistake. Now imagine if it's chules. God, that's gonna get dangerous. A bunch of chules in those ridiculous caps. <laughs> And like, and then they have like an argument with the ref. And yeah, who's also a tool in their weird uh, deep speech. Yeah, well, it says they can't speak, but still, uh, oh, they got they, they have to be able to blah, 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 a little bit. Oh, uh, like a like a murloc, like a murloc. That was a pretty good murloc. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you I, been, you've been studying, haven't you? Cat played a lot of World of Warcraft, so... There you go. I mean, I also played a lot of Warcraft, so... Oh, uh, I would hear... You could, you, could, you could recruit Murloc henchmen, and every time you'd click on one, they'd make that sound, so... Adorable. And I just... I, 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 it's in my voice pocket. There you so. go. Oh, unrelated, but um, one of my ASMs for the show uh, works with Zan, mm-hmm. and Zan fucking outed me as their DM to my tech crew, no. so... Oh, well. I know. <laughs> yep. So, Tech Crew, if you ever get around to listening to this episode, because I know you know my podcast exists, um, I'm way cooler than you'll ever be. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh! The hot takes! Oh! Get wrecked, my get Tech wrecked Crew. Get wrecked for real, though. Oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> uh, does that wrap up Chules? I think that wraps up Chules. They're in Excellent. The water polo-y goodness. Yep, take him, take him somewhere nice. Bring him to the beach rag, and uh, you know, just have a little beach getaway with your with your chul. Treat them well. Ooh. They've they've earned it. All right. Last but not least, uh, we have a personal favorite. Um, these these guys are phenomenal, and I'm so excited to share them with you all. We are talking about wood woads. A wood woad, you say? A wood woad. A wood woad. Would you want a wood woad? I would want a wood woad. You would want a wood woad? I'd want a woad with a wood woad, and they're woad of wood, yeah. Oh, man. The woes of the wood woads. Ah, nice. (laughs) How much wood would a wood woad woad if a wood woad could woad woad? (laughs) What would be woad wood? Fuck! Damn! You're so close! Shit! Griffin! <laughs> Bit cancelled. Oh, um, man. Woodwodes are um, humanoid plant guardians, essentially. Um, they are... they are. I say humanoid, they're humanoid in their shape, but they are made 100% of uh, wood and other organic um, forest-themed material, moss and... Uh, a little bit of fungus here and there. But they have a humanoid shape. They have limbs like humanoids. They have eyes. Uh, they are powerful plants in this humanoid form, invested with the soul of someone who gave up their life to become an eternal guardian of nature. Woodwodes, and there's a lot of different sort of mythologies surrounding them, it seems, but this is the sort of... Um, 
the current, the most recent iteration of it. The ritual to create Woodwodes are primeval secrets passed down through generations of uh, savage societies and dark druidic circles. Performing the ritual isn't necessarily an act of evil if the victim-to-be has entered into a bargain that requires it to be a willing sacrifice. In the ritual, a living person's chest is pierced and the heart is removed. A seed is then pushed into the heart and placed inside of a tree. The tree is then bathed and watered with the blood of the sacrificed victim, and the body is buried among the roots. After three days, a sprout emerges from the ground at the base of the tree and swiftly grows into humanoid form. The new body, armored in tough bark and bearing a gnarled club and shield, is at once ready to perform its duty. The one who performed the ritual sets the woodwode to its task, and the creature follows those orders unceasingly. So there's a really cool story behind these guys to begin with, mm-hmm. and I am just fascinated by them. I think it's super cool, mm-hmm. um, as evidence of the fact that I put them into my home game, our home game. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, albeit with a little bit of a twist, but I think they're so radical. Woodwodes are described as pitiless protectors. A woodwode has a hole where its heart would be, just as it does the body of its former self buried in the earth. Those who become woodwodes trade their free will and all sense of sentiment for supernatural strength and a deathless duty. They exist only to protect woodlands and people and the people who tend them. A woodwode's face is void and expressionless, except for motes of light that swim about in its eye sockets. Woodwodes speak little. Uh, and when not being called upon to action, they root themselves in the earth and silently take sustenance from it. Well, all right. Yeah. Oh, man, these guys are great. One of my first yeah. things I look at are the fun sort of commentary and notes that are made mm-hmm. um, in a page. And this one's mm-hmm. got a great one if you want to read it for us, my man. Uh, oh, I didn't even see that at the top. Oh, that's very good. Steadfast guardians uh, on the topic of woodwodes. Yes. It says, steadfast guardians who speak little, woodwodes are the perfect neighbors, unless you're a woodcutter. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> uh, these, these writers are so cheeky. Yeah. Like a tree, a woodwode needs only sunlight, air, and nutrients from the earth to go on living. Because they are undying, some woodwodes outlive their original purpose. The site a woodwode guards might lose its power or significance over time, or those whom it was assigned to guard might themselves die. If it is freed from its specific duties, a woodwode might roam to find another place of natural beauty or fey influence to watch over. Woodwodes are drawn to creatures that have close ties to nature, that protect and respect the land, such as druids and treants. Some treants have woodwode servants by virtue of age-old pacts with druids or fey that perform the rituals, while others acquire the service of freed woodwodes that find renewed purpose in the domain of a kindred guardian. Right. So they are just they they are made with a purpose and oftentimes will outlive that purpose by the virtue of their being, and then uh, only because I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls and watching lore, f- need to find a purpose to sort of sustain themselves, mm-hmm. lest they lest they lose themselves, um, which is very similar to hollowing in Dark Souls. Gotcha. But except you're in, in this case, you're a tree. Um. <laughs> now I want to see idea- like what, what other things we could change and just make it, uh, but you're a tree. It's like the oh. fa- the Fast and Furious, but. You're a tree. <laughs> uh, Blades of Glory, but you're, but a, you're tree. a tree. Oh no! Dodgeball, an underdog story, but you're, but a, you're tree. a tree. Uh, 
Burning Man, but you're a tree. Uh, ah! This was a mistake. Why did we pay so much money for these tickets? Uh, so unlike some other creatures that have these sort of strange ritualistic origins, um, we do not have we do not know the ins and outs of the ritual to create a woodwode. Um, so this is more of a kind of woodwode rescue agency mm-hmm. where we have some woodwodes on hand that are um, not really looking, looking for uh, you know. This is less of a pet category and more of a companion category. They're looking for a purpose, and mm-hmm. hopefully someone out there can give them one. So if you're a, a young upstart adventurer who is looking for some backup and on your quest, um, if you are a uh, sort of a nature conservative, uh, Jesus, I can't speak, um, conservationalist. There, there you go. go. Um who who would like some assistance and someone who shares uh, like-minded ventures, then Woodwoods might be good for you if you're trying to, like, fuck up the people chopping down the Amazon. Yeah, no, for real. Yo, snag some Woodwoods. Snag some Woodwoods, everybody. They got some baller-ass abilities over here. Yeah, they're pretty intense. Um, their clubs that they wield are magical. So they have some some pretty strong uh, fighting capabilities. They blend in with uh, plant life around them. They can naturally regenerate as long as they're in contact with the ground, um, unless they're subject to fire. And they have a very fun ability called Tree Stride, where they can magically step into a living tree and emerge uh, from a second living tree at a greater distance. So they can oh. kind of bamf through trees. Through trees? That's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I love Woodwodes. I, I think they're one of the coolest creatures in any of the, the catalog books that we have. Oh, that's that's so cool. And they are they are like despite the sort of dark origins of these creatures and the kind of lack of will, they are still benevolent at heart. Mm-hmm. They're still have this sort of guardian tendency. Well, I mean, their, their creation is born out of pure benevolence, I feel like. That's fair. Yeah, um, which is um, I'm sure there are people who have tried to twist this to, to malicious intention, but Woodwodes are, in, in, the, in the book, they're classified as lawful neutral. So they have this sort of duty that they have been given and carry that out. Um, with little care for their own well-being, mm-hmm. unless that duty fades, in which case they seek out something new. Wow. Whoa, with Woodwodes. I don't really have jokes about them, because I just love them they're as just, they are. They're really cool. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't have Woodwode jokes, I just have their respect. Their tree stride ability is so cool. Yeah. I love that. I just have respect for the Woodwodes. Respect them. Whoa, Woodwode. Whoa. Woodwode. Woe, the Woodwode. I hope they are not filled with woe. Would the Woodwode be filled with woe? I would feel woe for the Woodwode. Oh, Boom. There was. I redeemed myself from pure, my earlier failures. Pure poetry, my man. Pure poetry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. But that is that all for Woodwodes? I guess so. I mean, like, we could talk about Woodwode baseball or something, but I feel like that'd just be trite. (laughs) 
Yeah, and after such an earnest conversation about them, I feel like trying to subject him to some dumb shit would be yeah. a, <laughs> would be a disservice all, to them. All I'll say is we have some Woodwodes who are looking for a new purpose, and if you are someone who is uh, a keen of mind and, and a heart has a heart full of uh, questing guidance, then come check out our Woodwodes and see if one doesn't jump out at you. Whoa, Woodwode. Amazing. Well, I think well, that's going to do it for us. Well, my little Woodwodes. <laughs> that is going to be it for us, I think, uh, on after our extended break. Uh, thank you all for, for coming back with us Definitely. into our second year. year the start two. of our second year of pet shopping. Oh, man. Wowzers. Wowzers indeed. And uh, yeah, no, from us to you... Thank you mm-hmm, for making mm-hmm. this last year fantastic yet again. Mm-hmm. We must say we love yeah. you all very, very much. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to go and check out the other shows on Ghostlight Media. They're a bunch of shows that are done with just as much heart and vigor and spirit as this one. And everyone in- involved is just an A-plus person. A-plus folks. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. A-1. A- <laughs> Steak like house. Like- like the steak sauce. <laughs> oh man, now I want steak. Well, let's this, go. We're, we've got we've got this lovely uh, beach front in front of us. I'm sure we can DoorDash some steaks. DoorDash oh. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, thanks, folks. Uh, once again, I've been Griffin. I have been Zach. And just remember, folks, at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. It's all about love, baby. Baby! And let's let the tide wash our cares away. (sighs) Thank you for listening to episode 28 of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing or telling a friend about us. You can follow along with us at Pet Shop Cast on Twitter or PetShopCast.com. On that website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media properties and all of the amazing people who help create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Jeremy, Kim, and Nate for their continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We also want to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find her at Rin underscore Moran on Twitter and as part of Ghostlight's actual play Numenera podcast over at ghostlightmedia.net. That's going to be all for us this week, but we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, and we hope you consider us for all of your holiday shopping needs. We love you. See you soon. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.